Thank you so much for joining us online today at Christ Covenant Church. We hope you sense God's presence and are encouraged by the message. Now, here's Pastor Ryan Weems. We are in a series called You Asked For It, and this past Easter, literally, we had hundreds of you, hundreds of people that filled out a spiritual survey, and you said, hey, pastor, I'd love to hear a message uh, on this topic from the Bible, and so each week, we've spent a whole week on your questions, and I got a big one again to answer today, and honestly, I think it's going to help most of us, if not all of us, so you can write this down if you like taking notes in church, but really, the question we're going to answer, the topic we're going to fo- focus on today is this. Dealing with difficult people. Dealing with difficult people. Some of you are like, I'm so thankful that I came to church today because I, I need this. Uh, maybe uh, somebody even in your family is one of those people. Uh, don't elbow people right now. You know, maybe you came in, <laughs> just eyes straight ahead. <laughs> You're thinking, oh, I'm so glad that they're here too so they can hear this. But, but I, I wanna know who this message is for. And uh, I know it's, it's for me as well. Uh, I'm not perfect at this, but, but if you would say, and we, on, we ain't gonna say names, But if you would say there's at least one difficult person uh, that you're dealing with right now in your family, in your world, at your school, at your job, could even be the church, but there's at least one difficult person in your life, would you raise up a hand so I can know who I'm preaching to? Oh my goodness. All right, keep it up for a moment. Look around, everybody, keep it up, keep it up. Look around. All right, if your hand is not up, just, just, Put your hands down, all right? <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Now, I would be super skeptical if my friend invited me and this was my first Sunday. I'd be like, hey, why did you? I'm just kidding, they didn't know the topic that we were gonna talk about today, I promise. But, but again, so glad that you are here. And uh, really, this is, a, this is a topic very difficult uh, to discuss. I'm glad you asked it. And, and honestly, um, I think we all have, and you saw the hands a moment ago, but we all have people in our lives that, um, and I'm just gonna put it bluntly, that, that, that emotionally, uh, physically, financially, they're kind of like vampires, you know, just suck the life out of you, and, and you feel like, I need a nap after spending time with that person, you know, and, and we all have those people in our lives, and, and if we're just real honest, I think we at all, we all at times can be a little bit difficult and uh, God's still working on all of us. And so again, I think this message is really gonna help you. And really, I've got two goals in this message as we're about to go to God's word. Number one is, is we believe around here that God's word has practical helps for us in every area, including this one, and that we can handle those relationships, even the difficult ones, in such a way that honors the Lord that honors God. So that's the first goal. And then number two, there's, there's biblical principles that not only can we honor God with how we deal with those difficult relationships, but also there's ways that we can handle them and bring peace back into our lives. And some of you are like, I want me some of that because of what's happened. And so we can actually accomplish both things. So if you got a copy of God's word, I know you didn't come here to hear from me. I ain't here to hear from me. I wanna hear from the Lord too, because he's still helping me. But Ephesians chapter four is where we're gonna be back again We keep going. If you've been with us this summer and even the beginning of this fall, we keep going back, back, back to Ephesians. Even last week, as we talked about how do I forgive the unforgivable, uh, we we were talking about Ephesians. I mean, we're in here all the time. So Ephesians chapter four, verse two, different verses, but same book and same chapters last week. Ephesians chapter four, verse two, and God's gonna show us really um, some helpful, helpful tips on how we handle those relationships. Ephesians 4, verse two, here's what it says. The Bible will be on the screen in the room and online as well. It says this, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. This next phrase is very important. Bearing with one another in love. 
bearing with one another in love, make every effort. So it's gonna take some work. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Now, a reminder, or maybe you missed last week, uh, the apostle Paul is writing this to the church, okay? And so writing to church people like us, he goes on, verse four, there is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Now stay in chapter four, move down a little bit to verse 15, same chapter. Paul goes on as he writes this to talk about relationships. Verse 15, speaking the truth in love. We're gonna get to that at the very end. Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Jesus Christ. From him, the, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And so what Paul is saying here, and I'm about to pray for us, but what he's saying here is, hey, dealing with difficult people, it's a maturity issue. And not their lack of maturity, but our lack of maturity. And so if you wanna be a mature believer, if you wanna grow in your faith, which I know you do, that's why you're here, this is a message for us that we would become mature in the Lord. Amen, church? So why don't you bow your head with me, close your eyes, because we need God's help, because this ain't easy, and God's gonna help us. God, we pray for all of us. Almost every single hand was raised a moment ago, if not every hand. And God, the truth is we all have difficult people in our families, in our worlds, maybe in our neighborhood, at our apartment complex, at our job or school, and we need your help. How do we navigate those relationships? How do we do it in a way that honors you, number one, but number two, also brings peace back into our lives? And so God, I pray that your word would just come, come, just bring things to light for us, God. We know your word is alive, but to bring things to light, to, to help us, God, we pray, Lord, that, that we'd have at least one or two practical things from your word today that we can put into practice to help us be the men and women of God you've called us to be, to live the kind of life that we honor you, but also have peace at the same time. God, help me to communicate. Uh, God, help us to even have fun, even in the middle of this tough topic. We give you glory and we give you honor. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Amen. Again, I love that you brought this up and and I don't think it's a topic that's, that's, that's really spoken about much in churches, but, but we're better. Can we talk about some of these tough issues than uh, God's house? And, and really, I've been thinking about this this past week because I'm not coming from a place of perfection. Y'all know that. Y'all get that. I, I share a lot of my imperfections with you. But I was thinking about this because God's teaching me some things. But really, when it comes to managing difficult relationships in our families, in our world, uh, really, there's an art to it. Like, have you discovered that? Like, there's really some, some, some things that you can do and some tactics that you need and really some tools in your tool belt. There's like an art to it. There's, there's really some skill involved. And the reason why is because we all have so many different personalities represented in our lives. Like, you got family members with, with very unique personalities. And you got friends and even acquaintances, people at your job with very, very unique personalities. And so I've been thinking about kind of the difficult people that I've come across and that you've come across in your world. And, and really, I don't want to put anybody on blast. And so, so I thought there's kind of a fun way that we could talk about the different personalities 
in our world. And, and I need you laughing a little bit because it's a very serious message. Um, and so here's how I did it. And hopefully you'll think it's fun. Uh, but I, I took these different personalities that I think we all have in our lives, at least at one point, And I kind of uh, related them to superheroes. And so, so, so like Marvel characters and DC characters. And, and again, hopefully it'll be a little fun for us, but I think we have these different personalities. So, so as I talk about these different characters and personality traits, don't say anything, but, but you're gonna connect the dots in your mind, okay? That's my uncle, pastor. You know, that, that's this person, that's that person, okay? So here's the first one I wrote down. Just a little fun, but I think it'll be helpful. I think the first personality uh, kind of trait that we have represented with our friends, our family, uh, is the Batman personality, okay? Uh, whether you realize it or not, you probably got a Batman in, in, in your world. Like, like, who are you? I'm Batman, you know, like, like Batman. And, and, and the Batman personality is the person that's like, and, and a lot of times it's a guy, but not always, but it's the person that like doesn't show any emotion, you know? Like, like they're the exact, like exact opposite of somebody who's emotional. Like they have zero emotions, right? And, and, and they're always serious. Um, they kind of hide behind a mask. You're connecting the dots right now. Remember, don't say anything. Just look right at me. Um, but, but they don't show emotions. Um, they, uh, they're a low talker. Uh, they they kind of just pop up when you least expect them. And, and all of a sudden they vanish without a trace. Hey, where'd they go, you know? And then you're like, who are you really? Like open up a little bit. Give me something. I'm Batman. I mean, it's just who they, that's who they are. It's the Batman personality. That's a hard person to deal with. Here's another one that I wrote down. Uh, you can't forget about Robin, okay? Robin's the sidekick. I think probably every one of us have people like this in our world. Maybe not right now, but at some point. And, and the Robin personality is that person who kind of like latches on to people, right? It's that person that always wants more time, more attention, like they're an adult now, maybe even their kids are adults now, but they, they, they need to be the center of attention. Like they are always wanting something from you, super needy. Uh, the Robin personality is like, it's always an extreme with them, right? Some of y'all are nodding way too much right now. Just look at me, you know? But it's like, like, this, like they just are always, always extreme. Highs, lows, there ain't no middle ground with them. Robins are people. <laughs> Robins are people and we love them. Uh, but Robins are people that like you see them and you try to avoid them. You know what I'm saying? Like you're like, oh, that's Robin. You know, just go the other way. Like Robins are the people that, that you go to H-E-B and you really need some groceries. Like, like, like you ain't got no bread left, no milk left, right? Like you, you need some groceries and you're, you're heading into H-E-B and you see Robin in the H-E-B and you're like, I'll get groceries tomorrow. <laughs> you know, and you turn back around. This, this, like, like this, is the, this is the person that you see in Walmart and you're like, I am never coming to this Walmart again. That, that, that's, who, that's who Robin is, and it's a difficult person. Oh, here's another one. Uh, again, let's just have a little fun. Uh, Wonder Woman. I met some Wonder Womans in my life, and uh, Wonder Woman is, is Miss Everything. Miss Everything. Wonder Woman makes you feel so, so bad about your life because her life is so awesome. Wonder Woman gets up before 4 a.m., and she makes her own soap. That's who Wonder Woman is. Wonder Woman just finished her degree in nuclear physics while raising 14 kids, you know? Uh, Wonder Woman, uh, she, yesterday she ran a marathon pushing a stroller, by the way. That's Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's life is completely encapsulated on Instagram. Perfect filters. It's almost like she's got a, doc, like a crew just following her. It's like that good. 
That's who, and then I'm sitting there thinking, man, that's great for you, Wonder Woman. I didn't even comb my hair today. I'm wearing sweatpants today, you know? That's, that's amen. <laughs> that's Wonder Woman. All right, here's another one. I think we got this one in our life. Just having a little fun here. Uh, I think we got hulks in our life. A lot of times it's guys, but not always guys. And, and uh, Hulk is, is that person that, that you don't know which side you're going to see that day, right? Hulk is that person, are they going to be calm? Or gonna, are they going to be angry? I don't like them when they're angry. Uh, Hulk's that person that there's just kind of like an underlying tension there at the office when the Hulk walks up or maybe at that family gathering. You're like, man, I know I got to see these people at Thanksgiving, but Thanksgiving comes way too often, even though it's just once a year. And there's just that underlying tension and, and uh, you're walking on eggshells and you just don't know. Like if they're gonna blow up and something little can make the Hulk go crazy. Something just, especially politics, you know, just light them on fire and then everybody's trying to get out of there. I'll give you one more, just having some fun. Uh, last but not least, you have Superman. Superman personality. And uh, Superman, cause God's gonna pick on us a little bit. Uh, Superman, I, I know a few Supermans, I think you do too. Uh, Superman's Mr. Perfect. He, he, uh, he, he's got the good looks and, and he, he's got all the money. At least he tells you he's got all the money. He's got the biggest, baddest truck there is, even though he's financed that thing like crazy. Like, like he's got the boat. His TV, your, your TV's big. Well, he didn't just have a TV. He's got a projector, you know? It's just like, that's who he is. He's the one upper. Do you know somebody like that? Like, like, oh, I had a great day today. That's awesome. Mine was better. That's Superman, you know? Just like always, always acting like everything in his life is better than yours. And again, these people, they are, they are hard to deal with. And so often we try to avoid these people, but it's actually not what God has called us to. So often we just sweep it under the rug. I'll deal with it later. But again, that's not what God has called us to. And so I wanna give you some practical helps from Ephesians 4. Uh, it's not me, this is the word. Uh, and, and they ain't gonna be easy, by the way. They're gonna be challenging, but we believe here at the church that God has called us not to do the easy thing, but to do the right thing. Can I get an amen from somebody? Come on, can I get a better amen from somebody? And oftentimes, and the longer you walk with Jesus, the more you'll figure this out. Oftentimes, the easy thing is the wrong thing, and the hard thing is actually the right thing. And so that's what God has called us to. So you're taking notes, write this down. But from Ephesians 4, number one, dealing with difficult people, difficult situations, number one, we have to remember to love that person always. To love them always. Wait, that person, pastor? Yes, that person. I'll say it to you a different way. Not just love them always, to love them anyways, despite the issues. And looking back at verse two, I hope you still got the copy of the scriptures open, whether it's on your phone or physical copy. But looking back at verse two, the apostle Paul writing this to the church, to us, he says that we should bear with one another in love. And I told you that, that phrase was important. To bear with one another in love. And it literally means in the original language, the original context, it literally means to love people even when they offend you. So if somebody offends you on social media, that's the person you're called to love. If someone offends you at Thanksgiving coming up in a couple of months, that's the person you're called to love. If someone offends you at the office or, or maybe even your spouse or, or maybe even somebody in your neighbor, that's the kind of people we are called to love. I'll say it to you a different way. We are called to love people even when they drive us crazy. You're like, are you sure, pastor? I'm sure. That's what it means to bear with one another in love. 
to love people even when they are critical, to love people even when they are needy, to love people even when they try again and again to manipulate you. Why, and this may be the best thing I say all day, write this down, not a slide for this, but I think it's really important. The reason why we're called to love them is because even though their behavior isn't right, there's a hurting person behind it. I'm gonna say that again. Even though their behavior isn't right, there's a hurting person behind the behavior. And that's what I'm learning. And that's what God is teaching me that even though I I can only see the offense, that even though I can only see like the issues, I'm like, have you not gotten past that now? Like, did you not get past that years and years ago? Even though I'm just seeing the act, there's actually hurt behind it. There's something deeper going on on the inside. You see, there's a reason why they act that way. There's a reason why they want attention even as an adult. There's a reason why they have a short fuse. There's a reason why they'll never admit they're wrong. And so often we focus on the frustration instead of getting to the heart of the matter. Remember, as Christians, we're called to love them always, to love them anyways, to bear with one another in love. And by the way, this kind of love that the Bible's talking about here in Ephesians 4 it is not an emotional kind of love because how many of y'all know you ain't gonna feel like loving them in that moment, would you be honest, right? You're gonna say, I feel, I, I feel different, <laughs> different emotions, pastor. And that's all true. But, but love, and, and not just in Ephesians 4, just in general in the Bible, love is not an emotion, it's not a feeling, it's a choice. And, and, and I, and I kind of went sideways a little bit in first service. I'm gonna go sideways a little bit in this service. I wanna talk to married people for a second. Uh, here, here, here's what I'm, what I'm trying to get to. When, when you love your, your spouse, husbands, when you love your wife, wife, when you love your husband, like when you love them, yeah, feelings will back it up sometimes. But ask anybody who's been married over 50 years, the feelings won't always be there. It's just the reality. Like they've learned some things about love. That, that yeah, your feelings can be there, but they're not always gonna be there. For you to love your spouse is actually a daily decision. It's a choice. And I meet with couples. And I know it's in my message, but I think it's important for the church and not just Christ Covenant, the church in, at, at large. But we got a problem with marriages right now that, that I only love you if I feel it, but that's not biblical. Biblical love is I'm gonna love you no matter what. Here's what biblical love is. Those cute vows we said on our wedding day, like I'm, I'm gonna love you in sickness and in health till death do us part, you know, with, with more, all, all that kind of stuff. Like those vows are cute and they even make you tear up a little bit on wedding day. But so often we leave the vows at the altar and the second that things get hard, we're like, I'm looking for a new relationship. I wonder, did your vows mean anything? If they mean something, that means you're gonna love them always. You're gonna love them anyways. And if you're like, I don't have the feeling anymore, pray for the feelings to come back, but it's going to start with a choice and a decision. If you believe that, would you say amen? Like, like this is what God has called us. I'm not trying to guilt you. If, if you're on your second or third marriage, that's not at all what I'm trying to do. What I am saying for those that are currently married, this is what God has called you to, that you would fulfill your vows, that you would love them. In fact, one question I'm going to start asking couples, because because people have me officiate their wedding and have lots of people in our church that have done that. I love to do your, do your wedding. Like, don't feel awkward about asking me. But there is one caveat that I will not officiate someone's wedding without doing premarital counseling. And it's either me or somebody else. It doesn't have to be me, but it's gotta be biblical counseling. 
And, and so every time that I counsel people, I got stuff I go through, but here's something I'm adding. So if you're wanting to get married, and you're like, I want you to do the wedding, just know this is coming. Here's a question I haven't been asking that I'm gonna start asking couples. Cause they're like, oh, I love you. I love you more. I love, you know, it's just like, I ask couples, have you ever fought? I'm like, no, we never fought. I'm like, it's coming baby, you know? <laughs> I haven't been married a long time, but it's been over 10 years. So I learned a couple of things even in 10 years, but, but still. So, so here's the question I'm gonna add. Hey, could you suffer with this person? That's what marriage is, my friend. <laughs> it, it, it's like, hey, it ain't always gonna be easy. You ain't always gonna feel it. Like that, that, that's real love. That, that's real love. Can you suffer with this person? My wife was in first service and I said, baby, I, I will suffer with you all day long. I would like some good times, but I will suffer <laughs> with you. And we just got to get back to this idea in marriages, but obviously that's not the focus today. I just want to share that. But, but with even people that are difficult, especially, we, we love them always. We love them anyways. Why? Because there's a battle that they're facing that we may know nothing about. There's a battle. Going, there's a reason why they're passive aggressive. There's a reason why they just, they just like a horrible, like just with their speech and just be like, there's a reason why. So here's a question that I've been asking people I'm not saying it's a great question. Again, God's still teaching me a lot of things. There really is an art to this. There's skills to this. There's tools that we can use. But anytime like I'm talking with somebody on a phone or, or maybe I'm somewhere and it's like hostile and they're, they're really difficult, I try to get past what's happening like surface level. And here's a question I'll ask them is, hey, hey, I know this is like painful. I know like we're arguing, but like, how are you doing? Like, how are, how are you, is like, is everything okay? And what I'm trying to do is get past the issue and to focus on the person who has a soul that's gonna spend either eternity in heaven or hell. Y'all with me? So I'm trying to ask that. Now, again, it's not perfect because sometimes it makes them even matter when I ask that. But like, I'm not trying to get a rise out of it. I'm trying to get to the heart of the matter. And sometimes when I ask that question, and maybe you'll wanna use it too, sometimes when I ask that question, it actually opens up time for ministry. I've been able to pray with people and, and really minister to them. And then we get back to the topic at hand. And so again, we've got to always remember that God loves that person just as much as he loves us. But there's a reason why they're acting that way. And we want to see past it as best as we can. Again, we can't do it with our own strength. We need the help of the Holy Spirit, but to look past it and to look at this person's issues and the struggle that's going on. Y'all with me, church? And so we got to remember to love them always, to love them anyways. Here's a second help. We'll spend most of our time on this one. Number two from Ephesians 4, we've got to focus on what we can control. So with difficult people, you need to focus on what you can control. Like this is a good reminder. In fact, if you're married, let me, let me remind you, you can't change your spouse. Well, pastor, I've been working hard on doing it. It ain't going to work. You don't change your spouse. Like that's not, that's not your, that's not your job. You can't fix them. Like, like ladies, you dating somebody and you're like, oh, he needs a lot of help. I love that show, Fixer Upper. I'm gonna work on this man. Shame on you. You, you ain't chipping Joanna Gaines, all right? Like this ain't, this ain't how it works. Ain't no ship lap involved, okay? Like, like this ain't, that's the only references I can think of with, with them. But like you just, there's more to that. Like it's not you fixing them. So when a difficult relationship, a difficult situation, we gotta understand that, we don't control them. Like, I know we want to, but we can't. We, we control what we can't control. We control us. And Paul says that we put in the effort that we can. Like, we put in effort. Some of you are like, yeah, pastor, I put in the effort. I avoid them. That's not the effort. 
That's not it. We put in effort, what's he say? We put in effort, this is verses three through five, uh, to keep unity, to make peace, to have peace as much as it can with us, focus on what we can control. That's the kind of effort that we put in. And then in verses 15 through 16 of chapter four, he breaks it down even more than that of what that effort looks like as we focus on what we can control. And so I'm gonna end with just letters A, B, and C underneath point number two. And I'm gonna spend a little time on each of these, but it's gonna be very practical, very helpful. The first thing that you can control, what God's called you to do, a tool in your tool, tool belt, is to use tough love with that person. Like, like, like we gotta get back to this. So often, because 99.9% .9 of us hate like conflict, uh, so often we just don't deal with it. And, and sometimes we'll even switch churches or switch jobs or move houses, not because of any other reason, but the real reason is because there was conflict there. Switch relationships. And so I know it's a difficult thing, but remember this is maturity, what God has called us to. You wanna go deep in your faith, deep in maturity, this is one of those things. And so we've gotta to use tough love. Uh, Paul specifically says it this way, that you, have, you should tell these people the truth in love. Do you remember reading that? The truth in love, that, that's tough love. You don't forget the truth of what's going on, but you also don't forget the love. It's the truth in love. So let's just be real honest about this. Some of you, probably even several of you, the, the Holy Spirit's convicting you right now because there is a difficult conversation with a family member or a friend or somebody in your world that you've put off for far too long. And you've been avoiding it. You're like, no, that ain't, that ain't for me, pastor. It's for someone, it's for you, okay? There's a difficult conversation that you feel so uneasy about. You don't know how it's gonna go, but God's saying enough is enough. He wants you to mature in your faith, just like he wants me to mature in my faith. And you've got to have those difficult conversations. They are necessary in life. They, they are, are y'all hearing me, church? Like you gotta have them. Now, are you gonna like them? No. Leading up to it, you're gonna be nervous and you need to pray and ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. How do I share this in a way that is truthful, but also loving? Like you gotta make sure that you don't attack and you focus on, there's all these kind of things we could talk about, but in the middle of it all, you've got to have that conversation. And even though you're gonna be nervous going into it and nervous during it afterwards, no matter how they responded, you will always feel better. I promise you. I've taught my staff this because we have to have those difficult conversations with each other sometimes, with people in this house sometimes, and you're always nervous going into it. You're always nervous during it, but if you handle it the right way, if you're led by the Holy Spirit, even when they don't respond in a good way, you have peace and you feel good about afterwards because you knew you did what God was calling you to do. And so we need more men and women of God that are gonna step into that maturity that God has for us to use tough love to tell the truth in love. I know those conversations are hard, but they are so necessary. And again, they'll bring growth for everybody. Here's another thing we need to remember. Uh, letter B, you need this. We can't do everything, but we can do something. Like you, you gotta get this in your soul. We can't do everything, but we can do something when it comes to this relationship with that difficult person. Looking back at the passage, uh, the Apostle Paul in verses 15 through 16, you can see it again if you got it open. Uh, but the Apostle Paul uses this illustration to kind of prove this point. You remember him talking about the physical body? And he talks about how Jesus Christ is the head of the body 
And then he talks about how we are the ligaments and the different parts. And actually this is an illustration he would use a lot in his writings, not just Ephesians. But he says, hey, when it comes to our lives, when it comes to our relationships, he's basically saying, you and I, we all have a different part to play in helping people. Like we all have a different part. So, so no one here is, is all of the body. You're all a part of the body. Does that make sense? A different part. And so again, thinking about dealing with difficult relationships, I hope this is helping you. I know it's helping me. We can't do everything. We're not the whole body, but we can do something. So we don't do nothing. We do something, not everything, something. So as Christians, and I know we're not all Christians, I get that, but there's a lot of Christians in this room. As Christians, we are called to do our part. So I want you to think about that. Are you doing your part? Nothing more and nothing less. And this is how you have peace. Because you know, I'll say it to you this way. You, whenever it's all said and done, that person who's put this expectation on you, this unhealthy expectation, this toxic expectation, when it's all said and done, you will not stand before them one day. You will stand before your maker, God. And so you don't have anything to prove to that person. You're, you're not accountable to their expectations. You're accountable to God. Y'all with me? It's a different mindset, right? So who cares if they're upset with me? Like, yeah, it, it, it stinks. Like, like, yeah, it's not fun, but but this is earth, it's not heaven. And when I get to heaven one day, I ain't, I ain't gonna report to them <laughs> that I did everything they thought I should do. And that's how you have peace, that you realize you can't do everything. You ain't the whole body. But if you do something, what's the something? The something God has called you to do. If you do the something, then you can have peace, no matter what they put on you, because you know you are fulfilling the call of God and he is the one you'll stand before one day. So, so some of you, the, the question you've got to ask God today, and maybe you won't reveal it today, maybe you need to do it all week long, just simple prayer. God, what is my something I can do? This is different for everybody. Like, what's the something I can do? Like, what have you given me gifts, talents, maybe even resources, like where, they've, where God's put you? Like, what is the something, not everything, the something that you can do? And you do that something, nothing more and nothing less, no matter whether that person likes it or not. So I'm gonna translate this to the church world, I think it'll really help, help you. This biblical principle that we, we can't do everything, but we can do something. This is something that you see at full display here at Christ's covenant, this church. In all our ministries, but even as a whole. What, what, do you, what do you mean, pastor? Here's what I mean. Everything we choose to do and not do, it filters from our vision. Heaven full and hell empty. What's that mean? Yeah, it's on, on my bracelet. Yeah, like that's, that's what it is. What's that mean? Say, so, hey, we want more people in heaven one day. We believe eternity in heaven or hell is real. It's our only two options. We believe that. You can cancel me if you want, but that's just reality, what God's word says. We believe that full-heartedly, not, not ashamed of it. And so we wanna do our best to share the good news that Jesus is the only way. And we want people, as we track those numbers, we, we do the different things where we, we give you gifts to help you on your journey. We give you a start Bible kit and all this kind of stuff. And, and all the connect groups, all that stuff helps us reach people that are far from Jesus, disciple them. Like that's our focus. And so there's churches in Houston, so many great churches. There's churches in Houston outside of us that, that they do things that we don't do and they do them super well. 
like like awesome like they're just they're just like doing amazing things and there's people that will come to us and say why don't you do that and here's what i say to them i think that's awesome i celebrate that but that's not the something god has called us to it's not because it's bad it's because that's not our part y'all with me church and i i'm peaceful about that like that's it doesn't matter. It's like, it's awesome. I'll, I'll celebrate that. And we even will resource like things like that. But, but if we're not called to that, then we're not focused. We focus on reaching people with the gospel. We focus on community, people serving, the next generation. Y'all know that's a huge focus here. Like that's, that's we focus on the some things that God has called us to. That's, that's what we focus on. And this boils down. And again, I don't want you to get you lost in the weeds, but I think it's really important. This goes to every individual ministry. One of our ministries, you can relate this to translate this to your relationships. One of our ministries is called Benevolence Ministry. A lot of you know this, we've helped a lot of you. And what that simply is, is that we step beside people inside the church, but also outside the church. And we help them financially. We help them with a physical need. And we were joking about this in first service, like, like we even do some like weird stuff sometimes, some unique stuff. <laughs> like, 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 like we've helped, we helped this guy buy insulin, which was awesome. Like, hey, we'll, we'll help pay for that. Uh, I remember two years ago, you'll remember this pastor tell you. I remember two years ago, uh, like COVID and everything. I remember you, you couldn't find toilet paper. Do y'all remember that? It's like, like where's, what happened with toilet paper? Like what, what's going on? Like there's still trees around, you know, what's happening? And, and like nobody could find toilet paper. Literally, y'all, y'all remember back in the day when you were a teenager, don't pretend like you didn't do this, that you would TP people's houses. Y'all remember that? Did it just me? Okay. <laughs> You throw the toilet paper, you know, in there. It's like, it's awesome to treat, not awesome for them, but awesome for you, you know. Um, we, we would actually TP people's houses as a staff and, and volunteer. Now we didn't do that, but literally we would drop off toilet paper on people's porches. We would even wrap it sometimes. It was just awesome. That's just kind of the unique stuff we did. I remember, give one of our awesome members in the church. Remember when you couldn't find hand sanitizer? I remember filling up for her two red Solo cups not of alcohol, but of alcoholic sanitizer, okay? <laughs> this is the craziest stuff. So we do that, we'll, we'll get, get people clothes, I mean, all kinds of stuff. But we also will help with bills, but, but here's what I'm getting at. With the benevolence ministry, we understand that we can't help everybody. Like we can't. Obviously God is blessing our church and not just with attendance and how we're reaching the next generation, but also financially. So many of you are so faithful and you're tithing and you're giving, like it's awesome what we're getting to be a part of what God is doing. But still we realize that we do not have unlimited resources. Even our time, we all have the same amount of time. It's not unlimited. And so we have a whole process. Some of you need to put this into play in your difficult relationships. We have a process where we assess the need when somebody asks for help, inside, outside. We got forms and different questions that we ask. It goes before a benevolence board, so it's not just on one person. Because I mean, I don't know if it was just on me or one of my staff members to make the decision, people would be mad at me or a staff member, right? Like, so we, we got multiple people that are involved and, and we ask the Holy Spirit to guide us. Are we called to help this person? Because here's what we've learned. And you've learned this too. People will sometimes, not all people, but some people will sometimes try to manipulate you. And they'll use your love of the Lord and your love for people as a way to get something out of you that actually is not helping them, it's enabling them. And I I can't tell you stories on the microphone here, but we've had people actually, even one within this last year, that they lied to us to try to get money from us. And we found it out later. 
And so we got a whole process that we go through. It's not knee-jerk reaction. We're assessing not what they say they need, but what they actually need. And then the Holy Spirit guides us sometimes to help, and we've done that often. And then sometimes not to help. But here's what I'm getting at. Here's why I share all this. Something you can put into practice. No matter where God leads us in helping financially or physically, we know we can focus. The something we can do is focus on the spiritual need. Y'all with me, church? What does that look like? We can always, in every case, we pray for that person. We believe in the power of prayer. In every case, we will either on the phone if they call in or in, in person, a lot of people will just walk in. We'll sit down with them and we'll hear them out. Like we make them feel human, you know? Like, 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 like hey, we love you. We care. You have a soul. We, they tell me what's going on. We can do those some things. We can pray and we can be there and we can offer that spiritual support. There's been people that in those moments, even when we didn't necessarily help financially, we were able to lead them to the Lord. I'm telling you, you can't do everything, but you can do something and you can have peace. And even though people sometimes get mad at us, like just reality, because again, we're not unlimited. We can still have peace because we're not gonna stand before them one day. We're gonna stand before the Lord. And lastly, quickly, number or letter C, focus on what we can control. You need to be reminded of this. Letter C, that Jesus is the Savior, not us. Like you, you gotta take that, that person's, like their life, that burden off of you. Scripture says this, that not you and I, but God holds our lives in the palm of his hand. It's God who is ultimately responsible for that person. Because here's what people say, well, if you don't do it, nobody's gonna help me. That's how you feel. Well, if I don't do it, no one is. What you're doing accidentally is you're actually making yourself their savior. That if you don't do it, it ain't gonna be done. And that's wrong. You're awesome, but you're not Jesus. Like Jesus is the savior, not us. And so he is ultimately, here, here's the cool thing about Jesus. Jesus still does miracles today. Do you believe it? Like he still does miracles. We sang that in the second song, awesome song. Team did such a great job again today. But honey in the rock, uh, manna like on the land, like uh, water in the stone, all that stuff it's referring to is Old Testament miracles where God provided. That's all that was, it's awesome. Like God does that, he still does miracles today. He literally, if he could, I mean, he can, but if he wanted to, he literally could rain down money, like $100 bills on somebody. Some of y'all are like, I want that miracle in Jesus' name. But he can do it, seriously, he can. He may not do it, but he can. And so, so, so you're not responsible. Y'all with me? Like, it's not on you. Stop carrying a burden you were never meant to carry. Jesus is the Savior. So again, you can't do it. I'm setting some of you free right now. I'm preaching God's word to you because you're like, man, that, that I'm not ultimately responsible, pastor. I knew that, but I really know it now. I can't do everything, but I can do something. And as you do something and I do something and the person beside you does something and someone else does something, it all adds together being a part of the body of Christ. But remember who's at the head. It's Jesus. This church is not about me. It's not about our staff. It's not even about you, our awesome volunteers, so many that serve. It's all about Jesus. He is the one who can save people physically, financially, spiritually, emotionally, like he's the one. So take that pressure off of you. 
Like it's not a burden you were ever meant to carry. You do the something, not nothing. And there's other people that God will raise up and God will speak to. It's really the best thing you could do is you could pray for people. Sometimes I always ask people, when I, when I, especially in those situations, hey, can I pray for you? I ask because sometimes that makes people angry too. <laughs> but when I ask that question, when I'm asking their permission, nine times out of 10, they're going, they're going to say yes. And in that moment, as I pray for them, and I don't have the perfect words, it ain't King James Version coming out when I pray. I said, I just pray my heart for this person. You can feel, even through a phone call, you, you can feel God working in their hearts and it's bringing them some peace. So if you don't know what your something is, it's at least pray. That you would pray for God to raise up men and women around them, to help play their part. That you'd help God to remind you that he's the savior, not you. That you just do the something, nothing more, nothing less. Would you bow your heads with me, close your eyes. Jesus, thank you for your word that gives us such practical help. It's not outdated. It's so useful, so helpful. And God, in the same way that you used the apostle Paul to write to the church there in Ephesus, a church he started to help them with difficult relationships, people that were manipulating, people that were, were doing the wrong things. The same way you've helped, you helped them, you're helping us today. We all need help here, it's not easy. And so I pray God, you'd help us to take the practical tools that you've given us and to put them in our tool belt to use every single day to love even those, especially those that aren't easy to love, to love them always, to love them anyways, to understand that there's a battle that they're facing that we probably know nothing about. To remember that you love them in the same way that you love us. I pray God that we would focus not on their unhealthy expectations they place on us, but focus on what we can control on us. We can't fix them, it's not our job to fix them. We focus on what we control. I pray for those that, that need to have a difficult conversation with a loved one this week. I pray God they would pray and hear from heaven, to hear from you, to be able to use tough love. I pray God for, for even marriages, maybe a husband and wife, they're kind of at each other's throats, just, just constantly belittling and just constantly fighting and, and they don't have the feelings anymore. I pray God that you'd remind them that love is not a feeling, it's a choice. It's a decision. I'm gonna fulfill my vows, not just in health, but also in sickness, not just in much, but even in lack, not just when things are great, but even when things are bad, I'm gonna suffer with this person. I believe in covenant vows that I'm gonna live this out. God, as we make that decision, feelings will follow. Choices lead, feelings follow. They will come back, but we gotta make that decision, that choice. I pray, God, that you, we would hear from you, hear from heaven of what's the something you've called us to do with those difficult people, those difficult relationships. We ain't Superman, we ain't Superwoman. We, we can't do it all. We're not called to do it all. So God, help us to figure out what part we can play, to look at the gifts you've given us and the resources you've blessed us with and even different um, skills that we've developed over the years and figure out what's that something we can do to do nothing more and nothing less than to have peace. I'm, I'm doing what God has called me to do and he's the one that I'll stand before one day. And I pray God more than anything, and this isn't just a great reminder for this message, but every day, God, we remember that you are the savior, not us. Jesus, it's always been about you. It will always be about you. 
All of us people, we're like dust. Here one day, gone the next. Flower that quickly fades, God. But you are eternal, you are lasting, you are the one true God, and we focus on you. And I pray every head bowed, every eye closed. I pray, God, for anybody who's never given their life to you, that today they would surrender. That today they would ask you, Jesus, because you're the only one who truly can to save their soul, to rescue them. Everybody underneath the sound of my voice, just your eyes closed. You can make that commitment to the Lord right now. You can give your life to him. He wants to save you, but he won't make you be saved. But today you can decide, God, I'm gonna give you my life. And here's how. There's another part in the Bible, another book in the Bible called Romans. And in Romans chapter 10, verse nine, it says this, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's the goodness of God right there, that he didn't make it confusing. You don't have to strive. It's about confession, belief and faith in Jesus. Not what you can do, what Jesus has already done. So right now you can do that, you can confess. It's not a shout, it's just, just a whisper is enough. You can whisper to him just underneath the sound of your voice, Jesus, I confess that you are Lord. You are the one true God, as we read in Ephesians 4, one God. Jesus, I confess, I speak it out, that not only are you God, but you are my God, my Lord, my Savior. And Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you rose from the dead. And so I ask you right now to forgive me of my sin. Would you forgive me, Lord, and clean me up? I can't save myself. I get rid of that superhero complex. It's not about what I can earn or my striving or how good or bad I am. It's not about that, Jesus. I understand that it's only, only about you and what you've already done on the cross. That's grace, that's forgiveness, that's mercy. So God, I pray that you would save me and set me free, that you would give me a brand new start. Thank you, God, for those that are confessing and putting their faith and trust in you. They can know that they know that they know they will spend eternity with you one day in paradise in heaven. No pain, no struggle, no sickness. Thank you, God, for a new relationship and thank you, God, for the promise of heaven. Not by our works or what we've done, but because of you and what you've already done. We give you glory and we give you honor. Jesus' mighty name we pray and let the church say amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. If you made a decision for Jesus Christ or if your life has been impacted in any way, please send us an email at info at We would love to hear your story. And for those that committed your life to Christ, we want to help you on your new journey by sending our free Start Bible Kit in the mail. If you'd like to partner with us financially, simply click on the Give tab at ChristCove.net. There it will take you to a safe and secure page where you can set up a one-time or recurring gift to help us accomplish our vision, heaven full and hell empty. And as always, you can find out more about Christ Covenant on our website or on Facebook or Instagram at Christ Cove Houston. 